People deluded, I'm back again. Thank you very much for tuning back in each and every time. One love to everybody locked in. Good morning from over here in the UK. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and of course, good night. Welcome back to another edition of the Deluded Podcast, the DG Podcast, the Really and Truly Podcast, the People's Podcast. I appreciate you lot. I hope everybody who's listening to this on, on whatever platform, you know, hopefully, you know, especially big up the Spotify and the Apple crew, you lot are the early heads. You know, shout to the lazy ones on youtube or the freeloaders it's all love you know just as long as you're here one love to you lot you lot aren't watching it at the same time as them spotify duns them man there got it probably an hour or so early so it is what it is though man big up you lot i'm trying to guilt trip you lot into heading over there on that topic though please make sure you're following across all my socials deluded guna 04 for everything you know deluded guna on twitch deluded guna 04 on instagram if you're not gonna follow any things please make sure instagram twitch they're the things i'm trying to build up the most I hope everyone's got their health. It's Friday, people. You know, it's Premier League next week. But I mean, as a man said, next week, tomorrow, you know, in the next couple of days. But I hope everybody's got their health. I hope everybody's able to look back with a sense of pride and accomplishment for this week and as they move closer to their goals, hopes, dreams and aspirations. If not, we go again next week. I hope everybody beyond all of that has their health. As I said, yeah, you know what it is at this moment in time. We speak about the Premier League action to come on Tuesday and then things there, we review it and we talk about any other talking points. Just before we get into the Premier League, people, there's been a couple of unsavoury incidences surrounding, surrounding football, you know, I said I have a duty to speak to speak about them really, really and truly. First things first. Obviously, Millwall. It's not really a club that's a, that you can attach with anything much less class at this point. You know, anyone who is booing the knee is racist. Oh, but but the the, the organization they do send that, bro. Every footballer has distanced themselves from the organization and looked at the at 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 the. At the, at, at the actual statement, the statement, you know, why people are kneeling. If them taking that, all it is is a token gesture. You know, there's a legit, legit debate to have if you feel it's feel good, do nothing. These people don't. It genuinely fills them with rage for them to boo the knee continuously. At this point, if you are booing the knee, you are undoubtedly racist. It's got no connection to the organisation. It's simply just trying to raise awareness Black people can be treated equally and anyone can be treated equally. At this point, you are undoubtedly racist. How can it fill you with so much rage that you have to boo it, that you have to be so vocal? And I think in life, you know, it's a bit of a slap in the face to minority individuals when you have, a, a you know, the manager of a football club, rather than calling things as it is, being quite frankly a pussy, if I'm honest with you. And just when you think that Millwall hasn't got any more, can't lose their class anymore, I, I can't lie. I don't know how Arsenal have sent players on loan there. It's quite condemning and, you know, much less for the Millwall, the players of Millwall that are black, you know, you must feel like a piece of sh a, a cattle, a piece of meat because they love your rhythm. They don't love your blues. If you score, they'll cheer you on. They're booing the knee. So they, you know, they see your colour. They just don't care. You're one of the good ones, you know, and things like that. It's absolutely ridiculous. And when you've got Gary Rowett kind of, you know, insinuating that the fans are in the right. I'm not saying that's a, maybe even a bit harsh, but, you know, facilitating their nonsense and I and I personally feel it's first and foremost he can't relate to, to, to how it feels to be racially abused how it feels to deal with certain prejudices in life and have all you know have all the, the enthusiasm in the world all of these sort of things but fundamentally certain people will never get past your skin colour so the internal fight happens there's one thing talking about racist you know the outblating racism you know the booing of the knee the, you know 
calling people derogatory, derogatory terms. Then you've obviously got the, the 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 silent sort of racism, those that you only see in boardroom or certain elements. Then you've got unconscious biases, and then you've got people who indirectly try and deny that things happen or don't even know because they speak from a place of privilege because they've never had to fucking deal with it. You know, Gary Wower is coming out here, and he's almost you know. He's, I'm, let me just read it. We need help to find a more positive way of making some form of action. How the fuck is that not a positive way? People are just kneeling. So if people wanted to do a clap, it started clapping and these same individuals had a problem. Are we going to have to try something? You know, at this point, you are racist. The, the, the statement is moved from the organisation. If you have a problem with that, you're undoubtedly racist if it fills you with it fills you with so much rage. And he doesn't understand how hypocritical this is. You know, racism isn't meant to be... Racism is comfortable. Talking about it shouldn't be. Action shouldn't be. Just because fans don't want it means we should change the knee and change something else. For what it's worth, I don't believe in the token gesture and I think the knee is that. But I have a problem with people trying to infiltrate it, people having a problem with it, people having so much rage with it, you know, there's, a, there, there's an issue. And also the privilege to just say, OK, let's do something else. Do you not see how much of a privilege that is to say we don't like it, do some do some other gesture? That's giving racists what they want. What are you talking about? He said, yeah, he said more positive ways. Why? How is it not positive? You see the language, the language that is used is different again it's not the same but it's like gary neville when he's saying nobody abuses pogba do you get the same when people people need to be very careful they're speaking gary well I'm, I'm not saying he's racist i'm not sure he's got any problem um you know it doesn't affect him he doesn't have any personal attachment to this so as far as he's concerned he doesn't not not that he doesn't care he doesn't care bro man is saying try something else if it was something else i doubt he would say that but let me not talk too much, people. He's called on football to find a better way to unify people. The majority of people are unified. If, you know, a lot of people said, oh, it's the organisation. You know, if you have a problem at this point where it's been made abundantly clear, you're racist. It's like the N-word, you know. I remember, you, you, and you do see it. A lot of people, it's a legit debate. A lot of people say, oh, nobody should use the N-word. N-word. Once upon a time, I thought like that, you know, and I, you know, I use it a lot. I can't sit here and lie, but I can understand how it's degrading. But then I looked at people who, you know that aren't black that say stuff like that and you look at Piers Morgan and it, and and it, I'm not saying he's racist uh, you know you need to understand the language that I'm using you know if i have a problem like the m word certain people display colonizing tendencies let's be real with yourselves you know well if i can't say it no one can say it. no one should be saying it you know you've got to look at why people become so angry with things like this you know there's no way of unifying football until people that you know this is why it will always be a fight for for, for certain other individuals because no one wants to ride with this what do you mean because it makes people feel uncomfortable we should find another token gesture as much as this has been tokenized Fuck that. If you look up and down the country, there are so many football clubs that do such great work in the communities around equality and anti-racism. What we need at the moment, we need the authorities to help clubs out and find a better way to unify people. Once again, people are unified. You know, it's absolutely stupidness from what you're, what you're talking is stupidness. I don't want to comment on individual people's decisions to do that, but we need to find a way to unify people. And at the moment, 20, 30 seconds in a game is causing such a riff and divide in football. It's not because many clubs are just shutting the fuck up and doing it. Many fans are. You lot are one of the small minorities. You are mad. Speak about your own in-house problems. You know, when I don't, why should something be changed just because it appeases people? People. what kind of nonsense is this racism makes the, the victims feel uncomfortable so how do you think it feels you know how do you think your football is feel 
And I don't think he means anything by it. It just shows the unconscious, the privilege to be able to turn off from this and say, let's take, let's do something else, people. It's absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. As you lot know, Millwall opted to conduct their own campaign against racism and inequality in games, people, asking each opposing team to join them in linking arms. You see, just because it makes them feel better. Absolutely ridiculous. And, uh, you know, shout out to Joby Mackinoff for kind of putting Gary Rowell in his place, man. I don't think we can be any clearer in terms of messaging behind taking a knee and what it represents. It's the fight against racism and discrimination. It's that simple. It's not really a fight, is it? Because it's token gesture. But this is it is what it is, people, you know. When someone decides to make a racist tweet or shout abuse at someone, that's a decision. These fans at this football club are making a decision to boo players taking a knee. For me, there's no other explanation other than that, than they're opposing equality and it's as simple as that. Facts. Yes, you're the manager of a football club and might say you can't control what a fan does when they come in. But what you can do as the figurehead is condemn it in the strongest possible terms. This is what I would have liked to see. That's why I'm uh, That's why I'm disappointed, of course. But it doesn't directly affect individuals. They have the privilege of being able to go through life and being judged on things much less as their skin colour. This is why football isn't going to go anywhere. Because when you start going up the levels, why do you think you wait for a fee for... All of these guys, FA, they don't give a shit about racism. Let's be real. They they don't care. They might put up, they might allocate some of the budget to it. They don't care because when you look around, yeah, I would hope whether you have direct responsibilities or you are the same complexion or, or race or background or or sex of, of a marginalized group, they have more nine times out of ten, they have no direct emotion towards being marginalized. This is why there's no real fight to, to rid the world of racism or rid football of racism because a lot of these people have never had to go through it and this is why until something changes you know we're always going to be here on our hands and knees kind of begging oh can we change something which is quite redundant for what it's worth i don't believe in the knee i believe in the knee as much as i believe in you know when some tragedy happens in europe lighting up a, a monument whether that's the london bridge or the eiffel tower my heart goes out to everyone suffering with racism and every natural disaster and things like that but the world has come we've come to a place where it is simply feel good, do nothing. People say thoughts and prayers, I'm praying. And that's a tweet. They're not praying. They're not putting their hands together if they're Christian. They're not um, obviously praying towards facing Mecca if they're Muslim and whatever, you know. A lot of people say they're praying for this. They're not. It's a tweet. A lot of people say thinking about things. It's a tweet, you know. A lot of things get left in token gestures, you know. And that's what their needs become. You know, a lot of these clubs are doing F all to deal with racism. F all. Apart from the cat, the fancy slogans, if it's not this, it's, it's the T-shirts, it's all of this. Nothing's going to change, people. Nothing's going to change until individuals own football clubs, are directors, where they have personal thingies. Because really and truly, when you start going up the levels, you know, I look at Arsenal Football Club, hella players that might look like me or reflect people like me. As you start going up the levels, you see, you might see a couple multicultural coaches, but then you start seeing it look a certain sort of way and you go up and up and up. Look at the picture Edu put up the other day of when him and the, him and the negotiation team are working hard. You don't see nothing there. Carrying on with that, people, as you lot know, Chelsea in the 90s was not a good place for, for black for young black academy players. Apparently, Chelsea coaches punched and kicked young black players in the 90s, people, the athletic claims people. You know, details of the racist bullying at Chelsea in the 90s are being laid bare in high court, people. Um, apparently, the athletic alleged young black players were punched, kicked and subjected to other assaults by their own coaches. One of the black players who is suing Chelsea for aggr ag aggravated damages says he was punched on a number of occasions by Graham Ricks, formerly the club's youth team coach and the victim of repeated assaults from Glenn Williams, the director of youth development. It's alleged 
uh, Ricks is alleged to have punched a youth team footballer between the legs during a four-year ordeal that left the teenage victim now in his 40s with post-traumatic stress. Again, these people should, you know, people that do things like this, eternal hellfire awaits them, man. It's absolutely evil how people can do this to people and rob them, you know, physical wounds can heal mentally, you you know. Someone's got PTS, PTSD. How has that robbed him of his relationship, I assume, with his wife or his partner, with his children, if he has any, you know, with a fucking shopkeeper having a conversation, you know, this, I, I, it really kills me when I see things like this, because physical wounds might heal, the mental issues are always going to be a thing, so, you know, I'm not going to lie, it's too gruesome for me to keep reading to you guys, people, it's not going to put me in a good mood, really, so I'd implore you all to read it, but as, as we already know, you know, a lot of Chelsea coaches at the time are being made to pay for their sins, or I hope they do, so... It's not really nice at all, man. But again, you know me, I'm never going to bury my heads in the sand. As much as I love to talk about football, football mirrors society. If people, these individuals, have to go back to Millwall, if they're booing the knee, how are they behaving in society? Simple as that. Football mirrors society, society mirrors football. Anyone who don't like it, you need to come off this channel or, or, or you know, stop following on Spotify and all these things because it's an issue. And, and you know, and that's something I've even, I already knew, but, I even learn with some of my subscribers every now and again when I speak about topics like this and it probably will happen. Oh, DJ, I used to like you, but you speak about the racism stuff too much. Oh, you're doing this, you're doing that. Bro, you never liked me then. You might like what I had to say about Arsenal at a particular point. You didn't like me. Because if you did, you'd recognise the struggle. It's like when people say they don't see colour. You say you don't see colour, you're disrespecting me. You know? That's, you're robbing me of my experience of who I am. Really, you should be recognising somebody is white, somebody is black, someone's Indian and brown, whatever. It doesn't make them better or worse. What makes them better or worse is how they carry themselves, how they conduct themselves, how they treat others, you know, the principles they have and these sort of things there. We should celebrate differences, but fundamentally understand we're all the same. Sadly, that's the very component that they don't want. A racist doesn't want to accept they're the same level with something they very hate. It's like someone that's extremely sexist and doesn't like women at all, really, beyond, you know, just them being a piece of meat, doesn't think they should vote and things. He doesn't want to admit that they're equal. Man and woman, obviously, biologically, they're different. But fundamentally, if you're a good or bad man or woman, it's because you're a good or bad man or woman. They know that they're equal. They don't want to believe it. So you lot can do the education thing, you know, because I think it assumes that these people are not highly educated. A lot of these people are police officers, lawyers, mortgage advisors, things would impact society and, and, and get to, you know, get to really and truly implement their racism, really and truly. It's absolutely shocking. We're not going anywhere, though, because as you see every other day on social media, and actually you're seeing it pop up at grounds now, where every week there's a new sort of incident surrounding racism. And as much as I try to highlight these things, I can't keep up, and I'm sure you lot can't either. Moving away from all of that, though, people, and getting that out of the way... Um, Premier League action at the weekend, you know, we start off with Liverpool against Burnley, Burnley, you know, on the verge of potentially getting a second defeat um, after obviously losing against Brighton and letting Brighton come back from behind, you know, I'm sure Burnley will be trying to exploit Liverpool at set pieces for Liverpool quality against Norwich there were periods Norwich were obviously in the game Norwich obviously could have got more out of the game it wasn't perfect from from Liverpool, but they did what they needed to do and you know, I'm sure Klopp wants to make it two from two. I'm sure Mo Salah and Cole wants to make it two from two. So that's how the that's how the game week will be starting. Not the most glamorous of games. You've got Newcastle against Aston Villa. You know, two sides who I'm sure would have wanted to start the first week 
in better circumstances. That should be a fairly even game, if I'm honest with you, really. I'm keen to see what happens in that. You know, you've got Crystal Palace against Brentford. Brentford, London derby. Brentford buzzing after, obviously, dealing with Arsenal last week. Crystal Palace, you know, didn't get off to the best of starts under um, Patrick Vieira. And they're going to have to get winning and quickly. As I've said, I think the three promoted clubs, uh, Southampton, if they cannot score goals, Crystal Palace because of the changes. I think these are the guys, the five teams, I believe I said, that will make the relegation back. Um, if things don't, if things don't, if things don't go well, really, 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 and truly, you know, and I'm sure all the neutrals we're keen to see, we're keen to see what happened. I mean, they'll be without Josh De Silva, which is a shame. Seeing Brentford promoted, I would have loved to have seen Josh De Silva playing the Prem, um, but apparently he's set to be out for a couple of months with a little knock and all of those sort of things. So. We'll have to see. Obviously, we all want to see Zaha get on the score sheet and whatnot. I mean, it should be a good game for the neutrals. I'm a Palace fan when Arsenal are not playing because they've got former in Invincible and you can't help but have admiration for what Brentford have done to get promoted and definitely how they got off to, 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 to life, you know. They're sixth right now on the, in the table. You get a second win, you know. Early doors, man. Who said this Premier League thing was, in, was, was hard? You've got Leeds against Everton. That's going to be a good game, you know. Everton started off very good. Leeds, psh, Leeds need to fix up and I'm sure Bielsa made them made them aware of that. You know, they were very open on the counter. They were very naive with their passing. They were getting caught playing square passes and, and having to, 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 to react to it against Man United. They just simply weren't at the races in, in what you've come to expect from a Leeds side or a Bielsa side under Le a Leeds side under Bielsa. They're going to have to react now. They're at Ellen Road. Last season, Ellen Road was a nasty place to go to. Fun to watch football games, but it weren't nice. As an Arsenal fan, it weren't nice. Was not nice. Maybe the game would have been different with ten with eleven men if Pepe never got sent off. But it wasn't nice. It weren't nice for us, Spurs, Liverpool, United, etc. You know, and I'm sure Leeds would want to re rewind. Rafa Benitez, fair play. Everton started well. You know, even Damari Gray and Townsend. I had them down as two flops of the Prem. To be fair with you. Got off to a good start. Manchester City against Norwich City. Now, hopefully that's a game, man, because City can obviously bop it. They're the best team for bopping football in the league. Norwich, you have to admire how they play against uh, Liverpool and how they kind of go on. You know, they die on their sword. Whether it's going to keep them in the league is another question. They go to the Etihad. For Man City, I'm sure they want to get a win. They kicked off the Premier League week with a defeat. It's now time to put a run of four, man. For me, psh, you know, they've got us and, us and Norwich, you know, back to back. Boy, this is where they're probably looking to put a run of form together. Brighton obviously won their last game. Brighton against Watford, newly promoted Watford. That should be a good game to watch. You know, both teams won, to be fair with you. You've got Southampton against Man United. Now, that game's always filled a drama, to be fair with you. And it's at St Mary's. As an Arsenal fan, I don't like going to St Mary's. You know, obviously, Southampton's squad for me is weaker than it was last year. You know, they've let Vestergaard go. Ings is gone. I know Ward Prowse has signed a new deal. It's come out, but he was linked with a move away. You know, they need to get going. And you can't... I, I You know what? I should start doing predictions. I'm going to say Liverpool... Liverpool 3, Burnley 1. I'd say Villa to win 2-1 against Newcastle. Brentford versus Palace. I'm going to say 3-2 Palace. I'm going to say 2-1 Leeds Everton. I'm going to say 4-1 Manchester City against Norwich. I'm going to say, I'm going to back my London Coley brothers. I'm going to say 2-1 Watford against Brighton. But I have a feeling Welbeck might come back to haunt his former club, Watford, if he is fit. Southampton, Man United. I'm going to say 2-0 Man United. 
Wolves against Spurs, Nuno Derby. I mean, certain man, I know we're not in Europe. I'd rather not be in Europe than to be in that conference league and definitely losing to them and there. You know, I'm, sh I'm sure you saw Spurs lose yesterday in the first leg. Unfortunate for now, John and Dane Scarlett, two young players I really like. You know, that was a good goal that them guys scored against Spurs, but Spurs look woeful. Winks look like he, you know, he don't look like he wants to play for Spurs. He looks like he's trying his best to hit the self-destruct button. Encouraging signs from Brian Gill, but at the end of the day, it's not enough. They lost 1-0. I know they played a young and inexperienced team. You know, Carter Vickers had a tough night. It is what it is, man. You know, this is the sort of humbling experiences that brings you back down to earth as a football fan. You know, you're beating one of the best teams in Europe and in the in, in the country in Man City one week and then you're, you're bottling it against these man who are probably not the strongest team in Portugal with respect to them because you know it must have been an L for me considering Nuno is Portuguese I would have thought you know what I'm going back to my homeland I want to put a good impression in it because I don't know what the media is saying about him and things you know it must be like when the you know when our German players when it used to be Arsenal against Bayern Munich there must have been a lot said in the German when we in, was in the champs there must have been a lot said in the press Nuno Derby, of course, you know what, I'm going to back, I think Spurs will win, but I'm backing my Wolves, guys, I'm saying 2-1 Wolves, um, Arsenal, Chelsea, my word, my word, I mean, you're hoping, you know, football isn't one on paper, you're hoping because everybody, including myself, doesn't really think we're winning, doesn't think we're getting much from it, going to hold a lot of licks, you're hoping football can humble football fans and the opposite happens, but for me, I can't look past Chelsea, Arsenal are fractured, Chelsea are divi uh, um, and, and divided, Chelsea are all singing from the same hinge sheet, you know, again, we do, do we have done well against Chelsea in recent years, but at this recent games, but at the same time, they're just in a more healthier state as a football club, from fans to all aspects than us, you know, at, at much less the playing staff, obviously the naiveties that Arsenal played against, uh, played against Chelsea, ironically, in, in pre-season, and all preseason doesn't give you much confidence. You know, you can already see that high Chelsea line, you know, ball playing, you know, our, our striker not in the game. So he has to drop the whole team, dropping into a Rome half, enticing a possession base side to get all on top of you, you know. And obviously on that pause, on that topic, Chelsea can obviously hit you on the counter attack. You've got very street smart individuals in that Chelsea team against naive players. So again, it doesn't give me confidence. Obviously, Lukaku... If he does play, if he does start, if he comes on, you know, you know he's gonna probably score. And you know, funny enough, as much as I think Lukaku's bagging, everyone's talking about putting him in the FPL. Such is life. It wouldn't surprise me if if he has a good game or whatever. But is is Werner or Jorginho or someone you don't think is gonna be, or someone you don't attach the goals in that. So again, I'm gonna say two one Arsenal. But if I had to bet my life savings, I'm saying three, maybe even four one Chelsea. If I'm honest with you, West Ham versus Leicester is on the Monday, folks. So like I said, make sure you store a mental note. Tuesday we go again for the DG podcast where we'll be reviewing all the Prem action and any other talking points that arise in that time. I'm gonna go with Leicester, Leicester, Leicester three, West Ham two. Again, I think personally, I think the Southampton, Leeds, Everton, Southampton, United, and West Ham, Leicester, two of them will probably let me down. But I think they should be high-scoring games, man. Purely because nobody's perfect in pre-season at the moment. You know, there's a lot of mistakes. Even teams that are winning, teams are making mistakes, but nobody is saying much about about it really. So, in relation to the Premier League, that's what I'm expecting. In relation to Lukaku, Lukaku on returning is said. 
I've experienced success elsewhere and also a different playing style. Where it's more technical based and tactical, the Premier League has a bit of everything. And the experiences I had a few years ago were great. I loved every minute of it on and off the field. But the experiences in Italy made me more complete as a player. That's true. You know, he's definitely got more to his game than just goals. He'll always be judged on goals. He'll never be, you know an amazing general, you know, guy in terms of other aspects, but he has improved it. There's no way you can't look at Lukaku and say he's not a better player away from goals because goals have never been the debate. He's shown he can score goals everywhere he's gone. Um, he looks a better player since he's left United and come back from Italy. You know, he looks like he, 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 again, I don't know for diet and things, but he looks more cut. He looks like he's, you know, being more aware of what he's putting in, you know, Many footballers or many people in general, they don't look at their body like a car. You know, the car can have the waviest outbody, but if the engine and everything else isn't looked after, it's going to break down. And that's why you see a lot of a lot of guys that are strong and 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 tonk and that you know they can't run for five minutes. You know, they can't play ball. Or they're always getting injuries and whatnot. You know, because they're eating trash. They might be tonk and some of them are on the roids, but they're not eating the greens. They're not eating the, the yam and banana and hard food pours and all of them things there. They're not yamming all of that. Lukaku is obviously playing in Italy probably boosts your career by about maybe at worst two, three years because it makes you start thinking. So Lukaku is there and obviously I would say he's got a point to prove, but at the same time, you shouldn't play with a point to prove. What have you got to prove anyone? You're, an, you're, you're a Belgium international. You're a, you're a league winner in Italy. You've scored goals anywhere you've scored. People can say what they want. He doesn't have anything to prove. But at the same time, you always have something to prove in life. And fundamentally, he wouldn't return to Chelsea if he didn't feel he had something to prove to himself. Prove that you can, you know, it didn't... To play for Chelsea was his dream and he didn't really get a fair crack at it. Prove that you can do it. Prove that you can win things there. Prove that I don't think he'll ever be... No, even if you won Champions League, because there's some players that won Champions League there, they're never going to be mentioned in where... Te well, I don't like John Terry, but John Terry, Lampard, you know, Jogba, when you think of Chelsea, these sort of man, but give it a fair go. Um... He also went on to say, now it's it's just a it's now it's just about what I've learned in Italy, watching the Premier League over the last few years. The players have got better, the teams have got better, and I'm ready for the challenge. I don't think you can say that about Arsenal, but one love. Um, it's not about the records; it's about winning trophies. I've realised how different people's attitude is towards you when you win something. That's something I've learned in conversations I had with Jogba, Terry, or Antonio Conte. The respect I have is different when you start winning. So again, point to prove respect. You know, and it's funny football, you know, football, fans are always weird with it, innit? You know, a footballer they like that hasn't necessarily won stuff is not about trophies. A footballer they don't like that's highly accomplished or they might be a good player. Oh, what's he doing with trophies? At the end of the day, it's not just about trophies. It's a journey, innit? But you want to win trophies. When you're at this elite level, you want to win trophies. And Lukaku wants to win trophies, innit? It is where it is in that regard. So big up Lukaku. I hope he does well because I like him as a footballer. Obviously, not too well. And hopefully it does. Hopefully you can wait a week before you start scoring. Um, in other news, Mikel Antonio is set to play for Jamaica next month, having acquired his Jamaican passport. But, but, but he is due to earn a call up for the forthcoming 2022 World Cup qualifiers in September against Mexico, Panama and Costa Rica. As you lot know, he was named in the Gold Cup squad um, and was keen to be involved in the tournament. But there was a delay in getting his passport. And obviously, as a result, he was not named in the 23-man squad. So we're hoping to have him, Morrison. You know, we've got Bailey in the Prem now. Bobby Reid's doing his thing. Someone is taking out the championship. You know, Ethan Pinnock, best centre-half in the league. We're building. We just need to steal a couple of players that haven't been tapped up yet you know let's get some players man has Callum Wilson got an England cap 
I don't even know if he's a JA tug, but just go around. Anyone that's got Car Caribbean background, just inquire if they're from JA or not. You know, let's even start clapping a couple other players, man. Just, bro, get bare, man, bro. Even if, if you're good and your name's Obafemi or something, bro, you're JA, bro. Come play for us. Same way, if you know, if you're JA and one of the African countries, cool for you. Go play, bro. The people need to get helped, man. We need to rise up, man. Is what it is. And like I always say, you have to big up Nigeria because I think they set the blueprint, man. I think every especially the third world nations or the dysphoria nations are better yet to call it. I think they could all look at whatever Nigeria is doing to tempt a lot of the British born players to play for them and see them as a first option, really and truly. Um, I wonder where have I wonder if Nigeria's tried to get um Lukman and them things there up and I'm not sure where Chelaba's from. I believe he's from Ch him and his brother are from Sierra Leone. So I don't know what Sierra Leone's plans are, but you could imagine if, you know, Trevor Chelaba there's gonna be a conversation about England if he continues doing what he's doing. Um it is what it is in that regard. Um Oh, sad other news, people. Pedro Neto is said who's already sidelines. Apparently, he's set to be sidelined for a further period of time, um, and he could miss a large chunk of the season. He suffered a setback in his recovery. Obviously, the, when he got injured, he was coming into his own. He started getting linked with Liverpool and bigger clubs. He was, you know, you had the Euros to contend with. It's unfortunate that he sadly had to. He obviously earned a five-year deal last year. It's unfortunate. Apparently, it's believed that he'll now be back. He can hope to be back at February the earliest. Where obviously you've missed a. There's still a large portion of the season gone, but you've missed a significant period. It's better than nothing, but it is what it is. And it's upsetting because, he, you know, he stepped into a more prominent role um, for Wolves in his second campaign there. He already got double the minutes he got from his previous season. Like I said, he also earned a five-year deal. So we're wishing Pedro Neto and anyone that's going through anything in their life with injuries and whatnot. And, you know, even if they're not ballers, we're wishing them the ability to overcome it. Sad news, you know, for anyone that's got, like myself, a personal sort of... I don't know the word, but a tell with dementia or, you know, family members or personal sort of experiences with dementia. Sadly, former Manchester United and Scotland forward Dennis Law has revealed he's been diagnosed with mixed dementia. I'm not sure what the exact, what, what mixed dementia is, but, you know, for me, you know, first and foremost, wishing his family strength as they go on this journey. Hopefully, you know, he's able to overcome it and all of those sort of things. But as someone who's seen it firsthand, it's upsetting, man. It destroys people, man. It destroys you. Watch someone that you ultimately watch someone deteriorate. I'll be honest, like someone you know, like I don't like. Just imagine your brother. The best example, your brother or your sister. For those of you that have one, everything you know about them, everything they know about you. Imagine watching that deteriorate to the point where they they're looking at you like you're a stranger. They don't know your name. Like in my experience, I found that you know people in my family that have suffered with it, they can remember a lot of things that like. Nothing, had nothing to do with me. Like, they might remember something from the 60s, the 70s, all of something like that, or something when they were a little kid, like four or five years of age, but they can't remember my name, saying who am I. And obviously, they're not well in it, but it, it's sad, especially when you look at what they used to be. It kills you inside. It, it's, it's a, I re, anyone that's going through that, I really give you strength because it, it really is difficult, man. It's really difficult, you know. There's certain people's mothers don't remember their child, and, and obviously... It's a it's a sad illness, man. It's a sad, sad illness. And this is someone who's represented his club um, and, and country at the highest level, um, scored a lot of goals, been nominated and won a lot of awards, man. I'm sure there's a lot of people in his family and personal life that hail him up and likewise that he holds in high regards, man. You know, 
hopefully he, has, he gets all the strength he needs, man. It's upsetting. Um, in terms of new contracts, Patrick Bamford has signed a new five-year deal with Leeds people. And to reiterate it, James Wood-Prowse has also signed one with Southampton. Bamford has signed a new deal with Leeds. Harvey Barnes has signed a new contract with Leicester. He's committed his future until 2025, people. Obviously, Leicester have done well as he was gaining interest, allegedly, from Liverpool and, and all of these sort of things, people. Away from that, though, Bernardo Silva has made it known he is not keen on the possibility of a move to Tottenham as part of any attempts for them to sell Harry Kane to Manchester City and obviously recoup something. As you lot know, the 27-year-old will be allowed to leave Manchester City this summer should an offer arrive. Apparently, his agent has been in Manchester this week to find a solution. Allegedly, he's keen on a move to Spain because he holds La Liga in high regards and also to be closer to his family. Obviously, he's Portuguese. Spain and Portugal border each other. My geography is poor, but I'm pretty sure. And, you know, why not try something? The problem for him, Juventus are always also linked, you know, the financial structure, you know, Juventus have taken Locatelli for two years and then will pay his transfer fee, I believe. So I don't know. Not that the Bernardo Silva's a bad player. You know, a lot of these clubs have other business. A lot of their financial situation is poor. And you can imagine you at least have to, it's worth it, but you at least have to find 50 million for Bernardo Silva. And it's not that he's a bad player. Is he a priority or his role a priority? You know, is he better than what you have? I think Barcelona need him the most. I think he'll cut his teeth at Juventus. I think he will love it at Madrid. But, you know, we don't know what's going on with a lot of these clubs. A lot of these clubs are trying to sell before they can buy people. Talks have been held over several days and apparently it's been suggested that Bernardo could could have moved to Tottenham as part of an overall package to take Kane to the Etihad. But the Portugal international is against the idea and prefers a move to Spain. That was allegedly the same logic as to why he wasn't entertaining Arsenal. Um, you know, and apparently, you know... A lot of talk about Florentina's Dusan Vlahovic. Apparently, he's not a target for Manchester City, the Sadie Athletic. And apparently, City's full attention is on Kane and potential outgoings, people. Um, as, you, as I said, Barcelona and Atletico, as well as Real and Juventus, are all interested in Bernardo. But neither club, clubs, no, none of the clubs have sufficient funds to make it viable at this present, people. Um, so it is what it is. As you lot know, there's Bernardo Silva, Laporte, keen to move. Gab Jesus apparently is open to potentially moving until Riyad Mahrez and Raheem Sterling sign new deals. Not that there's going to be offers, but City are open to selling them as well, people. Should offers return, um, should should offers arrive, people, really and truly, um, because of their contracts. But they look like they'll find something. On the topic of strikers, you know, Lovandowski said he wants to leave Bayern Munich. He's left it late in the window. You know, if I'm not getting Haaland, you're not getting, I'm not, you're not leaving Lovandowski. As you look, no reports emerged on Thursday that Lovandowski was keen to leave Bayern. Um, they also went to suggest the striker wanted a new challenge where, you know, he's won everything there has to offer at Bayern Munich. He's what, 32 or so, you know, be 35, I believe, by the time his contract is done in 2023. So I couldn't begrudge him for wanting to, I don't know, try the law of the Premier League. Um, he said he's a big on refan, so if you want to sign for Arsenal, fair play. Um, you know, linked with Real Madrid, once upon a time, very close to going there. Um, you know, City won a striker. Not that I feel they'll go for Lewandowski because he's a great player. I don't think you're going to get much longevity for the outlay by Munich 1, which is 100 odd million apparently. Um, and it's put people off. It, it's a, it's an issue, you know. If he wants one last experience, one last financial payday, I can't begrudge Lewandowski for wanting that personally. But it doesn't seem like he'll be able to move people. You can want the move as much as you want. There's a couple of people that are probably gonna have to sit on their sit on their hands and whatnot. People. 
Um, it's it's also it's a bit irrelevant, but final news. Pedro obviously is at Roma. Jose's coming. He doesn't want him. He's become the first player in 36 years to move directly from Roma to Lazio. People, um, you know, you'd have to go back to 1985 where it was Astulio Melagiogilono. Kilono, forgive me for mispronunciation. My Italian ones, as you don't know, my Italian pronunciation is on the put is on the floor and is very poor. But yeah, man, he was the last person to do that. So it is well, it is in that regard. So I see if there's any transfer news of no. As you lot know, people, Granite Xhaka's contract announcement is due. Aaron Ramsdale and Martin Odegaard apparently have both completed their medicals, and it's a pending. You know, it's pending a, uh, an announcement by Arsenal for both players. There was hope both players could be involved against Chelsea. Looks more so Ramsdale will because there's visa issues to sort out regarding Odegaard. But LA, they're never for Arsenal to bring people in. I mean, we've got a backup keeper, and I'm gonna support Ramsdale. Is it the guy I would? have wanted um i'm not too sure and in fact even saying that you know odegaard's actually been announced officially now people now that i'm looking at arsenal so i guess by the time you're looking at this i'm gonna have to go and do you know a, a live a live stream and all of and all of those sort of things people so yeah man it is what it is you know happy to see martin odegaard as you know, sealed his move back to the football club and all of those things. But it is what it is. We've spoken about the Premier League, you know, Martin Odegaard, number eight for what it's worth, people. Um, so, yeah, man, we've spoken about the Premier League. Sadly, we had to speak about the racism and all of those sort of things. But, yeah, man, it is what it is. Obviously, sadly, it's now come out that Aubameyang and Lacazette were suffering from COVID, as was Renison and Williams, so people can get off two strikers backs and, and, and wish everybody a speedy recovery. Um, Odegaard's been announced. Ramsdale hasn't. So it appears that Ramsdale one might be behind. We heard media duties was done by Odegaard the day before yesterday, which was, I believe, Wednesday slash, well, it could have even been Thursday, really. But we heard it was done a, a while ago. Personal terms were not a thing. Martin Odegaard has returned, folks. So... On that note, I'm off to post this DG podcast and then I'm off to, you know, speak about Martin Odegaard and them things there. But for now, people deluded. I'm out. Take care. Make sure you're supporting the thing.